0: Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. And the deeper realization and revelation I have that I need to make more room for the third person of the Trinity the Holy Spirit, to be at work every day in my life. Amen? Jesus said, I'm leaving you, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Amen? You know, an orphan, they've got no one to rely on. They've got no one at all in their life that is able to um, help them. They're on their own. They're alone. that's, by definition, the word orphan. And Jesus said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave you feeling like you're on your own. I'm not gonna leave you feeling like you're helpless, but I'm gonna send another called the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit will come to you, and when He comes to you, He is going to enable you to do things you cannot do on your own. So therefore, I must decrease in my life. So the Holy Spirit can increase in my life. And so there's a transaction that goes on in all of our lives where we learn to step aside and allow the power of God into our lives to enable us to do what we cannot do in our own natural means. And this is what the fire of God is all about. The fire of God is all about the supernatural enablement, you know, the spark of God's uh, person coming in and sparking up your life in such a way that you understand, wow, I'm not alone. Wow, I'm not having to try and get through all this stuff in my life without some supernatural help that who is with me all the time. It's not like, you know, you you get to make a special one, one, one call To enable for His help. He says, call upon me and I will answer you in the day of trouble. Amen. So any time of the day or night when God says, I'm going to give you my spirit, He will never leave you nor forsake you. But so often, this is our problem. We're independent. We're stubborn. We want to prove to everybody else we can do it my way. We want to prove that, you know, that nobody has to help me. I'm going to make my own way in life. And that's where we come unstuck. Because you can't be independent and have the Holy Spirit at the same time. That's true. Come on. Yeah. And Jesus said He is a gift to you. Yes. I want you to receive Him. I want. Can you imagine it's your birthday, and I'm coming to your party, and I've got this big box with this big ribbon, beautiful paper all around it, and I'm coming to you, and I want to give you this gift, and you go no, I don't want it. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> no, thank <don't> you. <laughs> Oh. No, you can keep your gifts. I don't know many people that would actually do that, you know. Most people, they're tearing the ribbon off, they're ripping the paper off. They can't wait to see what's on the inside of that paper. And you know, look, Jesus said, I'm giving the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the love of God, I'm giving him as a gift to you. And so in this series, what we're doing is that we're understanding how this gift, the Holy Spirit, is pictured In the language of the tabernacle, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle of Moses, which was a mobile worship tent that God set up. And he set it up for this one purpose. Listen to this. This is why he set it up. He set this up because he wanted to be with his people. Did you know that God longs to hang out with you? Did you know he longs to be with you? And not only that, but he longs to demonstrate that he's with you to other people. So when all the other nations had a look at the camp of the Israelites in the desert, do you know what they saw? They saw a massive pillar of fire heading up into the heaven, straight over the tabernacle of meeting, the Ark of the Covenant. And everybody knew that the Israelites had a real God. He wasn't a God made out of wood or stone. He was a real God. He was a God who could think he was a God who could act. He was a God that had all power. He was all-knowing. He was everywhere at once. But he decided and chose to manifest his fire and his presence with the children of Israel. Exactly what Jesus had in mind when he said, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. Friends, don't try and walk this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Don't try and walk this Christian walk without God's love and power within your life. You yeah. will fall flat on your face again and again and again. He has been given to you to Come help on. you. Yeah. Come on, open your lives today yeah. and receive yeah. His help. Come it's on. as simple as... And this is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He said, he said, how many of you, if your sons ask you for bread, you're going to give them a stone? He said, and how much more will your heavenly Father... Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Ask. And so the asking is the humbling part. Yeah. You know, some of us have been raised to never ask. You know, we've been raised that if I'm going to make my way in this world, it will be under my plan, my power, my steed. Nobody ain't going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do this on my own way. You know, Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Look where it go ahead Involved in the mafia, all sorts of things going on in his life. He could dance, but man, what a life. So this is what John the Baptist, he's preaching in the desert. And everybody's coming out to hear him. He's the man of the moment. He lives an unusual life. He lives a consecrated life. You know what consecrated means? It means dedicated to God. He lives a dedicated life. He lives in the desert amongst all the creepy crawlies. You know scorpions, snakes, all those sorts of things. And his diet is locusts. He eats locusts for bread, lunch, and dinner. Uh, You know, fried locusts, (laughs) hamburger locusts, uh, locust soup. Uh, You know, and and his clothes are unusual. He wears a a suit made out of camel skin. Yeah, camel skin. Come on. How many of you have ever worn a camel skin suit? Oh, some of you have. Oh, wow! It's wow. wow. so warm. Wow, wow. It would have been nice to have at night as a blankie, I suppose. So he's there, and, uh, and he's and he's and he's talking, and he says, he says, "Listen, you've all come to hear me, but I want to tell you something. I'm not the one." He said, "The one that you really want to hear is about to come." And he's the Lamb of God that's got the ability to take away your sins. To eradicate your past life. You don't know how you don't know how impressive that is, that somebody can take your past and blot it out so it will never be remembered again. How many of you of you are you proud of everything you've done in your past life? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> I don't see any hands. No hands. This morning, and and that's the reality. That's the reality. Of it. All of us have the need to be forgiven of something in our life. He said, "The one who's coming after me, he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." And this is what he said. He's. I baptize you with water to repentance, but the one who's coming after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and with. Fire, Fire. With the Holy Spirit and with fire. 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 Come on, guys. How many of us are living a life, the word baptism means baptizer, to immerse. How many of us are being immersed in a life of the Spirit and a life of fire? Come on, I think we're falling short here somewhere. I think we're not getting everything that's been offered to us here. We you are baptized with the Holy Spirit and with the fire of God. You know, oftentimes we talk about fire. We go, "Wow, he's on fire for God!" Wow, he's just full of zeal. Man, have you seen? Have you seen Pastor Bill lately? She's on fire. You know, she's blazing with flames of fire the right You know, can it, you touch it, kiss. you're going to get burned. You're going to get burned. Don't worry, I've been burned by him many times. <laughs> oh my gosh back on track back on track so there is there is something that Jesus is offering you today that you may not have taken him up on it's a baptism of fire now what we need to figure out is what does that mean Because we all hear that the word fire, fire of God. Pray the fire of God, the fire. What on earth does the fire of God mean? So last week we went into the tabernacle of Moses. We discovered that there's four places of fire. The brazen altar, the candle lampstand, the golden uh, altar of incense, and the very uh, ark of the covenant that was uh, overlaid with gold, had a mercy seat with two giant cherubim angelic beings, On either side, that was in the most holy place. This was all laid out. Now, the book of Hebrews says about the tabernacle of Moses. We haven't got time to go there this morning because I've got a bit on my plate today to share with you. But the book of Hebrews, I think it's in chapter 9, breaks it down and says that the tabernacle of Moses was an earthly pattern reflecting spiritual realities. So what we see God setting up and he said, Moses, don't go adding in your bits and pieces to the plan. Yeah, come on. Yeah, know, how many times does God speak to you? And I'll just add a little bit of James in there. A uh, little uh, bit of Bib in there. Uh, you know? Keep me out of it. Keep you out of it, okay. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit more James in there then, A little bit more James in there. And we add our own bit into it. And we wonder why we fail at times. Because we have not done according to what God told us to do in the first place. And he said, Moses, build exactly according to the pattern I show you. So God laid it out in intricate detail. And there's four places in this tabernacle where the fire of God is. Last week we talked about the brazen altar, the first fire they came to, where they offer the lamb for sacrifice morning and night. And the first sacrifice when they set it up, guess what? Guess who originated the fire? God Himself. God Himself started the fire. They laid out the sacrifice, and then whoosh, down from heaven, the fire of God consumed the sacrifice. God's saying, this worship offering is acceptable to me. I'm answering by fire. And now that I've started the flame, it is your job as the priest of the Lord every day to burn wood on that fire and to feed the fire. You see, the fire of God never originates with you. It originates with Him. Yeah. That's what you do. Stuff that we say, I'm on fire, I'm on fire. Stuff that we, 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 we begin to boast about our life We may never have received that spark from God. It's got to come from the Holy Spirit. That's where the fire of God originates. It's from God Himself. And then our responsibility is to tend the fire, is to feed the fire, is to make sure the fire never dies, that it never goes out. Oh yeah, it might get pretty low sometimes, it's just flickering. God, I'm just flickering. I'm I'm a flickering mess. But the fire's still there. The flames are still slightly burning. Now it's time to feed the fire with your praise. Feed the fire with the word of God. Feed the fire with your faith. Amen. And as you feed that fire. Within... I talked last week about that same flame being the fire of sacrifice. We're often we're serving God year after year. And we see it sometimes. People dropping off there, out of their lives. And this is what happens. Is that they get burnt. Serving God. Week in, week out. Month in, month out. And instead of turning to him. To, to turn up the flame. We start bad mouthing, we start criticising, yeah, we start winching, we, inching, we oh, start moaning. Because when the fire of absent is when the fire of God is absent, guess what? Your complaints get louder, your winching gets yes. louder. You start moaning and groaning and complaining because scary. you you're not carrying the fire of God. You never moan or complain <laughs> when you're carrying the fire of God. It's you true. have got time to yeah. do that. Because you're too busy doing what God wants you to do to be worried about what somebody else is doing. Come on. on. So today we're moving through the veil. And inside this outer court, there was the brazen altar, the bronze laver, where the priests washed their hands and their feet before they moved inside the tent. And right inside the tent, it was completely covered over. And there was only one thing that illuminated that room. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It was the candle lamp stand of the Lord. Also known as in Hebrew as the menorah. The menorah of God. And you'll see up here I took that photo when I was in Jerusalem two years ago. That is an exact replica made by the Temple Institute of Israel. A replica of this candle lamp stand that I'm about to talk to you about. You'll notice there's one central stem there and three going off to the left and three going off to the right and at the top you'll see that there's a lamp in which the priests would pour an olive oil a wick and they would tend the flame within that candle lamp stand it was the only light that illuminated the holy place there was no other there was no windows in the tabernacle this was the only source of light which obviously has a lot of symbolism and meaning to it, and may I just say today that all of the symbolism that you see is what we call types and shadows in biblical teaching. And so, these things symbolize the person of Jesus Himself, who said, I am the light of the world, he who follows me will never walk in darkness but shall walk in the light. Amen. And so, as we come to this uh, part of the teaching today. We're going to discover that there is so much more that we can understand about the light of God. So let me read it to you from Exodus twenty-five, thirty-one: You shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand shall be hammered work. Speaking of the suffering of Jesus. Gold speaks of the divinity, which speaks of the person of Christ. He says it shall be of one piece. And it shall be a hammered work. So this beautiful piece that you see up there on screen uh, on the previous picture, it was made out of one piece of gold and crafted. And by the way, it was crafted by a man whose name was Bezalel. And did you know it's the first time in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit talks about a man being filled with the Holy Spirit. God said to Moses, choose this craftsman. He's, He's the best of the best. His name's Bezalel. And in him, I have put the spirit of wisdom and I have filled him with the Holy Spirit. It's the first mention in scripture of a man being filled with the Holy Spirit. So he was doing this work, making this work supernaturally as being guided by the law. It's shaft, it's branches, it's bowls, it's ornaments, it's ornamental knobs and flowers shall be of one piece. In verse 36 of Exodus 25. Their knobs and branches shall be of one piece. All of it shall be one hammered piece of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it, speaking of the seven spirits of God and the seven churches in Revelation. And they shall arrange its lamps so they give light in front of it. And its whip trimmers and trays shall be of pure gold. It shall be made of a talent of pure gold with all these utensils. And see to it that you make them according to the pattern which was shown to you on the mountain." Now that picture may look small. That menorah was five and a half feet tall. I'm six foot two. So that was about up to here. It's not some little ornamental thing that you put on the center of your dinner table. This is a huge uh, piece of work that provided light into that holy place. So what do we know about the flame uh, on this uh, article of furniture inside the tabernacle? The first one I've already alluded to, is that it was the only place that provided illumination into the room. It speaks of Jesus being the light of the world. He is the candle lamp stand of the world today. Let me just say this to you, if the church of Jesus Christ was removed from planet earth today, I want to tell you this planet, which is already in trouble, would descend into a terror and a horror movie of biblical proportions. Because there would be no more good deeds. There would be no more good works. The salt of the earth would be removed from this planet. This place would be an absolute. This place would be worse than any zombie movie you have ever seen on television. It would be horrendous. And this candle lamp stand speaks of Jesus being the light of the world. And it speaks of the church being reflectors of that light. You know when you watch a full moon? Isn't it amazing how much in the middle of the night a full moon can bring Uh, such clarity and light. Have you ever noticed that? Well, guess what? The moon holds no light of its own. It's simply reflecting the sun. Isn't that amazing? The moon reflects the sun. I know this uh, this may not be a revelation to many of you today. (laughs) But in exactly the same way, in exactly the same way, we don't contain and hold our own light. We reflect the light of the sun. Amen. The Son of God. And so we need to position our lives in such a way where we're reflectors of the light Amen. of Jesus Christ. Good. Very good. Jesus spoke in John eight 12, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but may have the light of life. Now, that verse is interesting. Let me tell you why it's interesting. Because the previous verse is Jesus is speaking this verse to a woman who has been caught having sex with a man who is not her husband. Not married, it's called a doctrine. The, the religious people drag her in front of Jesus, say, we have caught this woman in the very act of having sex with a man who wasn't her husband. What have you got to say about that, Jesus? Under the Old Covenant, we will stone her to death. And Jesus said, he who is without sin, let him throw the first stone. And one by one, the Bible says from the oldest, because they were the guys that experienced life and knew that they'd done wrong all through their life. From the oldest to the youngest, they all walked away realizing that they were all guilty of wrongdoing. There's no perfect people on this planet, friends. We've all inherited the nature of Adam, the fallen nature of Adam. And so therefore we're all sinners. But Jesus finishes the conversation with her, and he says this to her in verse 11. Jesus says to her in verse 10, where are all your accusers? Where are they? And she said, there's no one here, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. And so this is what Christ is saying to her. And then he says, I am the light of the world. Who who follows after me shall no longer walk in darkness." Lady, once you've met me, And once you've seen the light of God within my life, and I'm going to radiate that into your life, you don't need to sin anymore. You've got a new power source on board that I'm going to shine and radiate into your life. There's no need for you to be stumbling around in your life wondering what on earth am I here for? Why am I here? What am I born for? What's my purpose in life? You don't need to worry about that anymore because I am the light of the world and if you follow me, you'll never have to walk in darkness any more, Isn't that awesome? Amen. And so the candle lamp stand is the only light in the room. And, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is this, is that when the fire of God is illuminating your life and the Holy Spirit is, is at work, this is what happens. God begins to radiate his light on the path ahead for you. He begins to show you. David put it like this in Psalm 23. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You no longer have to be playing Russian roulette with your life. You no longer have to be playing the Matrix, the red pill or the blue pill. Which <laughs> take today? You no longer need to longer be longer juggling all these things around about in your life. Taking fortune cookies, reading horoscopes. You no longer need to do any of that stuff because Jesus is the light of the world. And His light will radiate the powers of righteousness within your life. You no longer have to walk in darkness, but you can walk in the light as He is in the light. And the blood of His Son will cleanse you from all sin. Isn't Jesus Christ amazing? Awesome. Let me read you a little illustration from J.B. Phillips who wrote a wonderful translation of the New Testament. And uh, this is to talk about uh, the light of Christ. So listen carefully to me. This parable that he wrote begins with a senior angel showing a junior angel, the ropes, And uh, and he's he's wanting to describe to him the splendors and the glories of the universe. So finally the two angels came to our galaxy. As the two of them drew near to the star which we called our sun and to its circling planets. Spear, spear turning very slowly on its axis. It looked as dull as as a dirty tennis ball to the little angel whose mind was filled with the size and glory of what he'd seen. "'I want you to watch that one particularly,' the senior angel said, pointing with his finger. "'Well, it looks very small and rather dirty to me,' said the little angel. "'What's special about that one?' "'That,' replied the senior angel, "'is the visited planet." "'Visited?' said the junior angel." You don't mean visited by, by, indeed I do. Indeed I do. That wall, which I have no doubt looks to you small and insignificant and not perhaps overly clean, has been visited by our Prince of Glory. This was beyond the little angel's comprehension. He's, he's freaking out right now. It's just too big for him. So to help him understand, the senior angel took him back into human history. And while the two of them moved nearer to the spinning ball, it stopped spinning, and it spun backward quite fast for a while. And then slowly resumed its usual rotation. Now look! And as the little angel did as he was told, there appeared here and there on the dull surface of the globe, little flashes of light, some merely momentarily and some persisting for quite some time. What am I seeing now? Queried the little angel. You're watching this world as it was some thousands of years ago, returned the senior angel. Every flash and glow of light that you see is something of the Father's knowledge and wisdom breaking into the minds and hearts of people who live upon the earth. Not many people you can see can hear his voice or understand what he says, even though he's speaking gently and quietly to them all the time. Why are they so blind and deaf and stupid? asked the (laughs) angel rather crossly. He goes, hey, it's not for us to judge them. It's not for us to judge them. We who live in the splendor of his glory have no idea what it's like to live in the dark. But watch for in a moment you will see something truly magnificent. The earth went on turning and circling around the sun and then quite suddenly in the upper half of the globe there appeared a light, tiny but so bright in its intensity that both the angels hit their eyes. I think they Yes, said the little angel in a low voice. That was the visit, wasn't it? Yes, that was the visit. The light himself went down there and lived among them. Open your eyes now. The dazzling light is gone. The prince has returned to his home of light, but watch the earth now. And as they looked in the place of the dazzling light, there was a bright glow which throbbed and pulsated. And then as the earth turned many times, little points of light spread out. A few flickered and died, but for most part, the lights burned steadily. And as they continued to watch in many parts of the globe, there was a glow. You see what is happening, said the senior angel? The bright glow is the company of local men and women that he has left behind. With his help, they spread the glow. And now the lights begin to shine. all over. 2,000 years ago the Prince of Light visited this planet and deposited his light into the hearts of men and women. Jesus, the light of the world. And you know what? The Bible says that light is never, ever going to go out. It is now available to all who simply are able to run the 100-meter sprint in 9.8 seconds. Who are all able to win MasterChef and at the drop of a hat, the recipes just falling out there their back pocket. No, no, no. No qualifications required. Simply believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him will not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Wow. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't just the only light in the tabernacle. The Bible says it was to burn continually in Exodus 27.20. And you shall command the children of Israel that they bring you the pure oil of pressed olives for life. To cause the lamp to burn continually. Exodus twenty-seven verse twenty. Listen, friends. God doesn't want you to be a one-day wonder, a one-week wonder, a one-month wonder or a one-year wonder as a believer. He doesn't want you just to flame up like a skyrocket and then suddenly descend to earth in ashes where you're all burnt out and there's nothing left to show the world. He wants your life to burn continually from generation to generation to keep the fire of God burning within your life. You might say to me, well, Pastor James, I'm a part-time Christian. It's like I'm a part-time employee. No, no, no. There is no such thing as a part-time Christian. When it comes to Jesus, it's all or all or following Jesus. And it's got nothing to do with how good you are, how perfect you are. It's certainly got the fact that you refuse to allow the devil to blow your light out. You refuse to allow him to snuff the light of Jesus that's been deposited within your life. You will not be to him. You will not bow to him. You will not play his games anymore. You are going to stand up for the King of Kings. You are going to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to keep your fire burning continually, day after day, week after week, month after month. Sometimes it might feel like that flame's getting snuffed out. But I want to tell you, nobody can snuff out the source of the light of the world in this place. Nobody, the devil doesn't have the power to blow your light out. If your light's gone out, it's because you have put it out. You have made a decision. Right. And that's your responsibility and that's on you today. And that's something that you need to sort out. It's called repentance. It's called changing the way that you think about the way that you're living your life. That I am no longer going to live my life as a part-time believer. I'm here, full in, boots and all, following hard after Jesus Christ. Because He's promised me the light of the world. He's promised me the Holy Spirit. He's promised me the fire of God. I don't have to be a part-time Christian. I can live fully for Jesus. Give the Lord a hand this morning. So how do we do it? It's one thing to say it, but how do we do it? Well, the key is in in the story this morning. You see, the light of the lamp wasn't its own light. It came from the olive oil that was provided by the priests every morning. And I want to say this. Paul put it like this in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. He said, but we have this treasure stored in earthen vessels. What's the treasure? It's the Holy Spirit. We have the treasure stored in earth. Why? That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Friends, the excellency. Can we say that word together? The excellency. The excellency. That's the excellency not of you or of what you can perform. That's His excellency. That's the excellency of the power of the Holy Spirit stored in your earthen, Yeah, your earthen vessel. I feel like my earthen vessel is slowly cracking up i feel like my is vessel is slowly breaking down and, uh, and, and so I've got to do some homework to make sure my earthen vessel lasts all the distance that Jesus said that you are called to be on this earth. But I tell you what, it doesn't diminish the treasure that's stored in this earthen vessel and the treasure that's stored in your earthen vessel is the power, the person, the prince of the light of this world. It's the Holy Spirit of God himself who is stored in this earthen vessel that you carry today. Are you seeing the work of the Spirit in your life? Are you seeing something of the radical nature of God, the Holy Spirit at work? Are you listening to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit? Do you realize that you have an internal GPS system? You have your own uh, your own global positioning system that is with you wherever you go. And the Holy Spirit will lead you not into error, but He'll lead you into all truth. And so, are you listening? Do you have your ear inclined to hear this beautiful treasure that God has placed within you? You see, a lot of it is all about the attitude. We've all read in history of the people who gave up everything. In fact, at my son's 30th birthday last night, I was talking to a young man that I met many years ago who was a university friend of my son. And I said, what are you doing with your life now, man? He said, he said I've... Sold my house, I put all of my cash, I put everything into a venture that was was bust or nothing. I said, wow, what are you doing? He says, I'm living in a remote part of the Yukon in Canada and I'm gold mining. Because I came from the west coast of the South Island. I know how to pan for gold. And I'm gold mining there. There's three of us and we're in there for months at a time without any human contact. And he said, we're pulling out all this gold, and there's a bit of mixture in there, and so we don't know until the end of the season when we ship it out whether we're on the plus or when we're on the negative. He says, it's it's nerve-wracking knowing all this. But he said, we took it all back at the end of this little season that we've been in, and he said, I've just made a massive lump sum payment uh, onto some of the debt that I have because it was actually good going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it is absolutely amazing. You know, this treasure that we have, we can only just have an attitude. He's prepared to give up everything to go and pursue the treasure. Are you acknowledging this beautiful treasure that's stored in this earthen vessel today, the work of the Holy Spirit? Can I encourage you to talk to him? Wherever you are, he's right there with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit is a constant companion He's a constant light in the world. And if we would only listen to him, we wouldn't take so many... Have you ever tried to talk to Siri when you take a bad turn? Have you ever tried to talk to, you know, Google Maps when you take a bad turn? You know, suddenly there's rerouting. There's all sorts of things going on. You know, my wife hates some of the voice of the woman. Listen to that woman's voice. It's like she's getting jealous of the GPS. Trying to guide her husband. (laughs) So how else do we allow the fire of God at work within our lives? How else? Secondly, the Bible says that it was fresh oil daily deposited into those lampstands on the end of those seven candlesticks. Daily, the priest came and put fresh, pure, pressed olive oil. Do you know why they did that? Because fresh, pure olive oil burns a clear light. And daily, they would come in and they would take the trim wickers, They were made of pure gold and they would trim the wicks on the end of the candle. This was their duty every day. Just as it is your duty to inspect your heart, it is your duty to trim your own wick. It is your duty to make sure you're fresh and filled with the Holy Spirit every day within your life so that you can burn a bright and a clear flame coming out of your life. If you neglect your daily connection with the Holy Spirit, who is the olive oil of God, the oil of the Holy Spirit, relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you neglect it, then sooner than later, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be burning a smoky flame. And sooner or later it's going to be hard for you to give anyone illumination and light out of your life because your example that you've set has gone by the wayside because you've failed to keep up with the work of the spirit within your life. Friends, it's 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 not it's not about performing hoops, it's not about doing acrobatics. It's simply about maintaining the connection with the Holy Spirit. You're driving to work and you're saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in my day? Do you have anything you want to talk to me about that I need to know about this day? Do you have some insider trading information that is going to help me get through my day? Because i tell you what, the Holy Spirit will often teach you and show you things about what's about to take place in your day or talk to you about the people that you need to meet, phone, text or whatever. So fresh oil. Paul put it like this in Ephesians 5. Redeem the time because the days are evil. He's saying make the most of the time that God has given to you. And then he went on to say this. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How do I do that? How do I understand the will of God for my (coughs) life? Again, the red pill or the blue pill. I don't know which one to take. What do I do? How do How do I follow? This is how. Don't be drunk with wine and which is dissipational in a modern translation, which is excessive, but rather be filled with the Spirit. So Paul's answer to knowing the will of God, to using your time properly, was to understand uh, the, the role of the Holy Spirit within your life, but be filled with the Spirit. And that is present continuous tense in the original language. It means this, be filled, not just once, I got filled with the Holy Spirit back in 2001. It was a great day in my life, but I've never met him again since. Listen, he said, Go on being filled, present continuous tense. Every day, ask the Holy Spirit. Every day, I'm praying. Whether I'm riding my bike or whether I'm driving in the car, I'm praying, I'm praying. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit today. Let this mind be a mind of Jesus Christ. I can understand the will of God because the Holy Spirit reveals the will of the Father to me. Let's move forward. David, King David, he cried out, I have been anointed with fresh oil. He's speaking about that freshness of relationship. How many of you have ever gone into a marketplace to buy your produce and you see some shriveled up lettuces? and you're thinking, they honestly want me to pay them to take those lettuces away. They're shriveled, they're not fresh, and yet so often, friends, we're guilty. We've got nothing fresh that we're offering. We don't have fresh, up-to-date relationship with Jesus Christ, because when you're fresh, you've always got something to offer somebody else. Daily oil, being filled with the Spirit on an ongoing basis. Amen. And so finally in point two this morning, daily tend the flame. The priests were to tend the flame. And I've talked about that. But I just want to say this about the smoky flame. This speaks of allowing the Holy Spirit access into your life. Mm. I want to tell you something. Most of us do things within our lives that are knee-jerk reactions from the way we've been raised. We do them subconsciously. As the cause of many of marriage breakdown, relationship breakdown within our lives. Because we've got deep stuff that was inserted into our lives. Not always your parents' fault. We can't blame it on that. We've made our choices as well. But they continue to hamper our lives into adult life. Some of us find find it very difficult to grow up. We always want to rely on mum and dad. We always want them to make decisions for us. We want them to make money for us. We want them to keep feeding us All those things. Listen, friends. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to understand in the context of this, that when there's times where the Holy Spirit and the light of the Holy Spirit, where he wants to shine something into your life that you need to see. And this is how David put it in Psalm 139, verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Why did he say that? Because in Jeremiah it says, The heart of man is wicked above all things. You can't know your own heart yourself because it's full of bad choices, bad issues within your life. And so King David, the mighty king of Israel, he acknowledges this and he says, God, if I want this process of introspection, of looking into my life to be successful, I need the help of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, two things are going to happen. I'm either going to annihilate myself. You stupid! Who do you think you are? You're not a Christian. You're worthless. You're useless. Look what you were doing the other day. Blah, 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 blah. And you annihilate yourself because you haven't asked the Holy Spirit to help you. Or secondly, you go, "I'm fine, dandy. I'm just doing. I'm just doing great." And you're not doing great. You're actually got your head in the clouds. There's stuff going on within your life. And so King David said this to the Lord. He said, God, you put your magnifying glass on my heart. You search me because you're going to give me an accurate reflection in the mirror about what is really happening within my life. And when you speak to me, I promise to do something about it. I'm not going to leave it. You know what happens when you leave it? You go round and round the mountain. Next year, you come to the same place. Man, I'm doing the same thing. I was doing last year. That's that amazing. You're not climbing up the mountain, you're just going round and round the mountain. And you're just repeating the same mistakes within your life. Search me and know me. Try me, know my anxieties. Why are those anxieties there? Know my anxieties. The Bible says in Proverbs that depression in the heart of man causes deep anxiety. Depression in the heart of man causes deep. People say, Where does depression come from? It comes from unresolved anxieties within our life. They all have a source. Deal with the root and you can change the fruit. Mm-hmm. Come on. And so we need the Holy Spirit's help to enable us to do that. Yeah. All right. Coming into the last point this morning, our last observation of the candle lampstand stand is simply this. The candle lampstand stand was in the holy place and it was positioned as you walk through the door. As I'm walking through the door into the holy place, right in front of me is the curtain. It separates the holy priest from the Holy of Holies. The Ark of the Covenant is on the other side. On my left-hand side is the candle lamp stand. On my right-hand side is the table of showbread. And on the table of showbread, every Sabbath, the priests were to bake 12 loaves of bread and line them up in two trays of six. And those two trays of six, they were freshly baked bread, and then they were to actually eat them as a Thanksgiving offering Before the Lord, the 12 loaves represented the 12 tribes. Bread in scripture represents, give us this day our daily bread, talking about the needs of man. That table was also known in the Bible as the table of his presence, or the table of presence in the scripture. Symbolizing the absolute vital need of every man, woman, and child Represented by the 12 tribes of Israel. Our need to constantly come into the presence of Jesus. The table of presence. And what it also represented was that Jesus said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. The living bread. If any man eats of me, he'll never be hungry again. Speaking of God's uh, God's satisfaction in human lives will only be when you taste Jesus. When the Bible says, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And so we need the light from the candle lamp stand to give us a revelation of who Jesus is. You may be here today and you quite don't understand all about this Christianity thing. But you do understand perhaps that there's something that I need to investigate a little bit more. What you need today, what you really need within your life, is the light, the fire of revelation to come into your life. To give you an understanding of who Jesus really is. Not who you think he is. But an accurate revelation of Jesus Christ into your life as the living bread that came down from heaven. That when you tasted him, you'll never be hungry ever, ever again. Speaking of Jesus' ability to satisfy every hunger and spiritual desire within our life today. Let me skip to the end because of the sake of time because I want to open the altar up this morning for the Holy Spirit to come in a fresh way into our lives. Last week we had a time of praying for one another and when I say an altar call, this is what it means. It means that we're, we're acknowledging some need within our life and we're prepared to not worry about what other people think of us. You know, one of the you see, this, this fire of revelation from the candle lamp stand, we all need to hear the still small voice. One of the things, still small voice of God, one of the things the Holy Spirit said to me this week when I was praying, he said this. James, he said, You're never gonna hit the mark for which I've called you to if you're gonna be overly concerned about what other people think about you. Do you know that Jesus said, Blessed are you? When you are reviled and when you are persecuted for my name's sake. For so they did with the prophets who came before you. And this is what he also said. Your reward will be great in heaven. Your reward will be great in heaven. So don't worry about pleasing everybody, making everybody happy. Some persecution will come your way at times. Don't be concerned about that. Focus in on what the Lord is speaking to your life about and get in there and begin to do it. This is what, uh, skipping forward to Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. Let me read it from the message translation, which shows it even uh, clearer and dearer. Proverbs 29, 18, message translation. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. If people can't see what God is doing in their lives, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. When they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Jesus told another story about this. He said, when you hear the word and you put it into practice, you're like a man who builds his house on the rock. The storms come, the devil throws everything at you, but your house remains firm because it's built on the rock, not on sinking sand. If your house is built on sinking sand, when the storms come, like the typhoon in Japan right now, if the storms come, then this is what happens. Your house falls over like a pack of cards. But if you listen and obey, your house will remain strong over the time and years ahead. Within your life. Thank you. My final thought for this morning. We can all relate to Peter. Because Peter was. He was a blue collar worker. He didn't work for some corporate flash outfit. Nothing wrong with that. But Peter was a man's man. He was a fisherman. He earned his trade through toiling in the sun. Sometimes rough seas. He was a man's man. And when he started following Jesus, he had lots of problems, foot and mouth disease. he just blurred out anything that was on his mind at the time. Jesus would turn around and rebuke him and tell him to be quiet. You know, he, he, he was a boaster. You know, he was proud. Oh, everybody else. If everybody else stops following you, Jesus, no, me, man. I'm going to be there to the end. And Jesus asked, you will have denied me three times. And he actually does it. He looks over at Jesus, looking at him, and he begins to weep, and he begins to tear up. Listen to this. In the middle of all of this, Jesus is talking to Peter one day, to the disciples, and he says this to them. He says, what are all the people saying about me? Who do they say that I am? And some say, you're Elijah. Some say, you're John the Baptist. And then he turns around to them and he says, but who do you say that I am? Who do you really think I am? And Peter gives the correct answer. And he says, you are the Christ, the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus turns around to him. He says, blessed are you, Simon Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Fire of revelation, candle lampstand revelation is now shining into Peter's heart. Flesh and blood has not revealed to this, but my Father who is in heaven. He's just dropped a revelation bomb onto your spirit. It's completely changed the way. And this is what happened later on in that same verse. He says, Peter, he says, on this rock, what rock? The rock of revelation he's just received. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. And then this is what he says. Because whenever you get the fire of revelation, you also get an impartation. That's right. So he's received the revelation. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. This is God's revelation to Peter's spirit. And this is what he says. I will now give to you impartation. I will now give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whenever God, by the fire of revelation, the candle lampstand of revelation into your life, there comes revelation and an impartation from the Holy Spirit that gives new keys to drive the beautiful car that God has granted to your life in order for you to make headway in your walk with Jesus. Who wants fresh fire of revelation and impartation into your life today? Because that's what Jesus is offering to you today. A baptism of fire of fresh impartation and revelation into your life. Could we stand to our feet this morning?